Hey, teacher friend, welcome to the Simply Teach podcast, a podcast for teachers by teachers. I'm your host, Kelly Jackson, and each week I bring you a podcast full of practical and helpful ideas from teachers. We all know that teaching is really hard work, and I want this podcast to be a place for you to not only find ideas, but to also find encouragement and motivation. Hey, teachers, and welcome to episode number 78 of the Simply Teach podcast. I've got a question for you, and I want you to answer it. Which is better, a Pinterest classroom or a practical classroom? I know what you're thinking. Practical. Duh. But if it's true, why do we spend so much time pinning those Pinterest classrooms, regramming those Instagram classrooms? I know teachers are doing it, even if it's not you, because when I do a quick search on classroom decor on Pinterest, here's what I see. Okay. I legit pulled up Pinterest and I typed in classroom, elementary classroom decor. And I've got some really cute classrooms, a lot of bright stuff going on, a lot of cute fonts. I see uh, about farmhouse themes. I see like wallpapers up on, you know, like those wallpapers you put up on the wall that I don't even want to know how long it takes teachers to do it. They look really cute. I see a lot of really cute, pretty classrooms. I don't, I'm, I'm scrolling. I'm not seeing a whole lot of classrooms that look like maybe the classrooms I saw in the, in the school I taught in. Here's a classroom with like a cafe style table and chairs that I can see they got from Ikea or something like that. Again, really cute stuff, but not super practical. But I know that we're searching it and we're liking it and we're pinning those things because those are the things that are coming up top, right? The things that are at the top of the Pinterest board are things that teachers are repenting. Pinterest classrooms are beautiful. They're so fun to look at, but they are not always practical. And if our jobs are going to be to educate our students, we've got to be focusing on practicality over this Pinterest perfection. So today we're going to talk about some practical things that you can do to make sure that you are creating that warm, cozy, welcoming classroom, that safe space for your kids without going overboard, trying to reach this Pinterest perfection that we can never reach. Do you want your classroom to be practically organized? Do you want a classroom that's set up in a way that is going to function all year long? I really hope that you do. I've been talking about it all season. I've seen the power it has in my own classroom and the classrooms of teachers who I've been lucky enough to work with them. Tomorrow, July 8th, is the last day to join the Organized Teacher Framework. This course is the signature course I created to teach you the systems you need in place to create that organized classroom. I teach you practical things you need to manage your time at school more efficiently, meaning less time at school and more time with the people that you love. We cover easy and engaging ways to get your students involved in the classroom organization process. We talk about how to set up your classroom, the framework to build your classroom around that keeps it organized, keeps it safe, keeps it engaging all year long. You can get all the information you need to join the course before the doors close tomorrow, July 8th, 2020 at the com slash framework. If you are listening to this and the doors are closed right now, still head to that page because there's going to be a spot for you to sign up and get on the wait list for the next time the course opens up. All right, guys, thanks for letting me share just a little bit about the Organized Teacher Framework. Let's get on to that Pinterest versus Practical Classroom. So I want to preface y'all and tell y'all that I'm probably going to get on my soapbox about a few things here. And I hope you will listen and know that this isn't about judgment, about shame, 
Um, I just want to speak some things that I believe to be true. And I think probably a lot of you too, because I hear and I see the struggles that teachers have with feeling like their classrooms, their lessons, their anything is never good enough. And unfortunately, as teachers and specifically women teachers, I think probably the majority of my listeners are women. We fall prey to these expectations that are not real. They're not realistic. We fall prey to them so easily. So we'll start out with this. These online classrooms that look like a magazine photo shoot, but is not practical. Those classrooms are cute and they are beautiful, but aspiring to have a classroom like that is going to cost you a lot of money. It's going to cost you a lot of tears and a lot of frustration. And the biggest thing that I want to do here on my podcast is be real with you and be honest and I don't think that spending all that money and all that time on creating that beautiful classroom, I don't think the value of the investment is going to be worth what you're going to reap out of it. Also, just creating a classroom like that is going to create a lot of frustration because the likelihood of any classroom staying that organized or looking that cute isn't very high. I came across a classroom um, today. I was like, pen, I was looking on Pinterest for classroom decor ideas just to get an idea of what was out there. And I came across this classroom and um, it was a picture on Instagram. And then somebody commented, like it was all white. The furniture was white. Everything was white. And somebody commented, I don't know how I would ever keep that clean. Because again, all these things that are cute and pretty and beautiful to look at, they aren't really practical. Like that white couch that you will never have in your house when you have toddlers at home, right? Also not to mention a lot of times those classrooms that are really cute to look at and that we like, They totally match the female teacher's personality, but sometimes I think we prioritize the cuteness of our classroom over the students that we have in the classroom. All of that visual clutter, that decoration around the classroom is so stimulating to our students, especially the ones who are on any kind of autism spectrum or behavior spectrum. The cute flowery prints and fonts, they may not be really inspiring to the boys in your classroom. And I get that that's gender stereotyping. I realize that, but you know, I'm sure that there are plenty of girls out there who would not want that cutesy classroom. I'm just trying to get the point across that sometimes I think we prioritize what looks good to us and not thinking about the students that are spending the majority of time in our classroom. I don't remember any of my teacher's classrooms. I don't remember having classroom jobs. In fact, I do remember um, in the last probably three or four years coming across a picture of my second grade teacher, Miss McKenna, it wasn't like a picture of me and her. I think it was maybe at a classroom party or something. And it was me, I don't know, talking to kids at the table. And um, I could see in the background, like a classroom jobs chart. I have no recollection in all of my years in school of having classroom jobs. I don't remember any super cute, uh, cozy, cute reading nooks. I'm sure even in the 90s that many of my teachers labored over their classroom decoration. And y'all, I don't remember any of it. So I'm sorry to all of my elementary teachers who worked so hard to create really great classrooms. I don't remember it. And I bet the same is probably true for you. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But I do remember the teachers, the ones I liked and the ones I didn't like, which ones made me feel welcome and safe versus the ones who yelled anytime someone did anything wrong. And the same is going to go for your kids. Yes, organization, a cozy classroom, those things are crucial to creating the safe space. Yes, designing a cute and welcoming classroom is important to kids while they are in the classroom. I am not negating making a cute classroom or making a welcoming, cozy classroom. Trust me, I'm not negating that. But it isn't the end-all be-all, and it shouldn't be. If you find yourself prioritizing what your classroom looks like over the teaching that's actually going on inside of your four walls, then you're missing it by a lot. Recently, I was in a Facebook group and I saw this teacher post a question in a picture 
of our classroom. And I, I wish I would have screenshotted it to give her credit right now. Um, or even just to pull it up and read it to you. But basically she posted a picture of her classroom that looked nothing like an American classroom. I'm pretty sure she was in some like third world country. I don't, I don't remember what country it was, but it was just a classroom that very bare. And she was like, Hey, I'm wondering how all of you American teachers do this. Like, how do y'all afford to have couches and all this flexible seating? I teach in, again, I can't remember where. And like, I can't, I don't get paid a lot. I can't afford to do flexible seating in my classroom. And I, I loved her post because it kind of like validated what it is that I've been trying to say for so long. We think that all of these things are so necessary for our kids. And this is also something like I'm going off my notes here for a second and getting on my soapbox again, something I've learned a lot coming from America, living in Germany, and just the excess that we have in America and all the things that we think we need in order to get by that we don't actually need. We think that they need couches or that they need flexible seating. Okay, they do need flexible seating. I think I think flexible seating is a great thing. But some of the flexible seating options I see floating around on Pinterest, I'm like, who has the money to pay for that? We think they need these really brightly decorated classrooms or the classrooms with all the charts hanging up on the wall on the first day of school, but they don't. They need a teacher who is going to be there and engage them and teach them and direct them. What they need are practical things that they can use day in and day out to help further their learning. Let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and we'll talk about some things that I want you to consider when you are creating that practical classroom. All right, guys, I want to take just a quick second to tell you about a company that I am loving. This is going to be for all the ladies listening into the podcast today. I want to tell you about Cora, which is a feminine product company that I have used for the past couple of years, and I love them. They make goods for the body that are not only good for your body, but they're also good for the world. They offer organic tampons, pads, liners, body cloths, bladder liners, and cups that are made with the purest ingredients. They're free of harmful toxins. I try to be really mindful of what I put in my body, and feminine care products is something that I want to make sure I'm using the best possible products available. I love the core products so much that before we moved, I ordered a year's subscription of tampons. Yes, that's 12 months of tampons that I ordered that took up valuable moving space, which we did not have a lot of moving space when we moved over here, so that I could have them with me here in Germany. I not only love the product itself, but I love this company as a whole. With every core purchase, they give pads and health education to a girl in need. And any kind of give back model company, sign me up for it. I love knowing that the items I'm purchasing for myself are not only good for me, but they're also gonna be good for the world. But here's the other great part. You can create a custom subscription based on your body's needs. You place your order, you set up your delivery frequency, and then you get great feminine products straight to your doorstep each month. You can get all the info plus 15% off your first order by heading to the simplyorganizedteacher.com slash Cora to check out the products that you need and to get signed up for your first order. All right, guys, back to the show. All right, here are some things I want you to consider when you're creating your practical classroom this year. Number one, first thing, this is your guiding question, your guiding light for everything that I want you to do in the classroom. Who is this for? Is this for the kids or is it for me? We might say that it's for the kids, but is it really? 
So an even deeper question I want you to ask to follow up on who this is for is what purpose does this serve? If I say it's for the kids, but I can't come up with a valid reason as to how it serves the kids, then it needs to go. Another practical thing that you can do is getting rid of patterns and sticking to simple colors over lots of patterns or lots of colors. So just stick to one or two colors, maybe three tops of that you want to be your classroom colors instead of doing all these patterns and all that kind of stuff. In the same vein of colors, go for more neutral and calming colors versus all the bright stuff. Again, we want things that are going to be visually calming, not visually stimulating. Another thing that I want to encourage you to do, and I learned this from Debbie Diller, and that is to avoid nooks in your classroom. So we tend to want to create like, oh, this is going to be my reading nook. Oh, this is going to be where the math stations are. And I'm going to make a little nook so that way they can, you know, sit here and do math stations or whatever. And we we build like these little caddies or corners in our caddy corner. I don't know. We build these little nooks in our classroom by taking bookshelves and sticking them out from the wall and that is going to break up your classroom. I, I know what you think you're doing because I did it my first couple years. I made these little nooks in my classroom thinking it would help divide the classroom because I'm all about themes and let's put areas in our classroom that are for things. So to me, it made sense. I'm going to jut this jut. I don't know if that's a word. I'm going to put this bookshelf out to make this corner, the math station corner nook. But as I moved on in my teaching and as I worked with Debbie Diller, I really realized how important it is to just push everything back up against the wall. Again, it clears the clutter. I can't remember what episode it is off the top of my head, but um, I think probably episode number oh, yeah, yeah, 76 or 75. I can't remember. I mean, 76 or 77. I can't remember. But I talked about how I walked into my partner's classroom and I said, my room just feels too much. I need it to go. I need it, I need to clear the clutter. And so I just started taking things off the wall, taking, you know, borders down that were like super patterned and super colorful. Same thing goes. If you are feeling like your classroom is just too much, push things up against the wall, even in your house, push things up against the wall, open up your classroom, give it some, some room to breathe. All right. Next thing that I'm going to get on a little bit of soapbox about is keeping your font simple. There are so many teachers who make really cute fonts and words and whatnot for their bulletin boards, even for the papers that they pass out for the kids. But the the fonts are not easily read by me. So they're not going to be easily read by the kids. So keep your fonts simple. I know it's not cute. Trust me, I'm all about the cute fonts, but just keep it simple. Okay, let's move on to talk about flexible seating. I think flexible seating is really important. It's a great idea, but you've got to be realistic. Start off small. Even if it's limited, it's better than doing nothing. Again, we can't have... We can't all have the budgets to create some of these classrooms that we see online with the flexible seating options that, you know, have those bucket chairs and all the like cool and amazing different flexible seating options that there are. That's a lot of money, right? So I've got a blog and a podcast, not a podcast, but I've got a blog, I think two of them on flexible seating and how I implemented it in my classroom. You can head back there and see that I only had a few options. I had yoga balls and lap stools or lap um, desk those were two things that I purchased for the intent of flexible seating. I had stools, but those I just had bought my very first year of teaching to go around my U table. And then of course I had classroom chairs. I also raised some desks to be standing desks and lowered some to be on the ground. So that was it. I really didn't have a lot, but it was enough variety for the kids to have different options to choose from. 
So start with one item if that's it, if that's all you have, lower some desks, raise some desks, and then get one item and start there. And that's okay. Grow. You can grow as you grow in your teaching career. You can grow in the items that you have for your flexible seating. Another thing that you can do that is just really practical is to get rid of themes. I talk about this in the Organized Teacher Framework course, but really just get rid of themes. It often is too much and too overwhelming. They look cute, uh, but sometimes they can just be too much. It also has the potential to make students not feel super welcome in their classroom. Again, if it's a super cutesy or girly theme, not all of your students are going to find that space really welcoming. So just let the theme go instead of doing a theme. Try to, my themes were always colors. And, you know, everything I did in my classroom operated around those top two or three colors that were my my color scheme in the classroom, if you will. I did lions a little bit because I'm an 80 pie. Shout out to any 80 pie sisters out there listening. But so lions I had as like kind of a theme, but it wasn't really much other than the things that were hanging on my door with their name on it. Like welcome to third grade. It's a roaring good time. And then lions with their names on it. That was about the extent of my theme. So don't feel the pressure to go all in on coming up with a theme, buying all the things to go with it, because more than likely you're going to grow out of it in a couple years. And then also that's a lot of money invested, gone. And then lastly, let's talk about boxes and bins. I talk about boxes and bins all the time. They are great, but try to limit the colors and the types. This is going to be a really simple and practical way to cut down on some of that visual clutter. The more shapes and sizes of bins that you have, the more visual clutter that you're going to have. So Again, stick to the same type and shape if you can. Switch to neutral colors if you can. Again, this was another thing I did that year that I just needed to get it all down because it felt too much. That next year, I got all new baskets and bins that were much more neutral. I had lime green before that was like way too much. So switch to neutral colors if you can. It's all just going to give your classroom a more calm feeling. Lastly, I just want to tell you to not forget to give yourself some grace. It's so easy to look at all the other classrooms online and think mine doesn't look like that. Mine isn't good enough. But just like we tell our kids, we cannot compare ourselves to others. We've got to do the same for ourselves. We've got to give ourselves that same compassion. When you're getting your classroom set up this year, whether it's in person or virtual, don't forget to use that guiding question. Who is this for and what purpose does it serve? If you want to join in on the Organized Teacher Framework Fun and get all the practical things you need to get in your classroom organized, then make sure you head to the simplyorganizedteacher.com slash framework to get all the info and sign up. Remember, the doors are closing tomorrow night, and I would love to have you in there and help you plan for your upcoming school year. Y'all have a great week. I will talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Simply Teach. Remember all the show notes, links to things we talked about, and access to the Simply Organized Teacher email list is all over my website, thesimplyorganizedteacher.com. Also, you can find me on Instagram at thesimplyorganizedteacher. Guys, I want to be your social media friend. I want to interact with you, so come find me. The fun music you're listening to, that's provided by hooksounds.com.